everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Matthew 5, verses 17 and 18. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth passes away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture. We are so glad to be back with you guys. We took last week off, and we are starting back in this episode with reading through the Bible, and we jump into the Gospels, and we'll be spending this episode and next week's episode talking about the Gospels. But this episode, it kind of sounds like a little bit of a Christmas episode in some ways because we talk about Jesus's birth and how when it seems like God is not doing anything, He can come onto the scene and change everything in an instant. And what do we do when we feel like God is silent? Or what do we do if we feel like our stories are going one way and you know, God, it seems like God's not doing anything. And um, we talk about a variety of truths in this episode that have to do with um, the Old Testament coming into the New Testament. And so we are really glad that you're here. And we would love for you to pull up a chair and listen in. Hey, Kara, join in on the conversation. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, we haven't had a conversation in a couple weeks. I've missed you. No, we haven't. I've missed you too. Well, actually, we have talked, yes, but, but we not like talked about about. Yeah, it's basically been the silent years. Oh, like between so, old uh-huh. and New Testament. I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You are sharp. <laughs> Sharp attack. That's right. Yeah. You know, we uh, talked about the Old Testament. We didn't go through all the Old Testament, but basically, you know, we know that all the prophets yes, are saying. We, were, we thought we'd spare the listeners going through every single prophet because they basically all say the right. same, same thing. And God's people always do the same thing. Right. They, you know, start worshiping other gods, and then the prophet comes and tells them, God's going to punish you. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then, yes, they do. Well, and, and there's all these worshiping at the gods. Yeah, and then there's all these prophecies for a Messiah. So mm-hmm. they're all like, "Where is he?" Yeah, and then God is silent. In some ways, this conversation is going to be like a Christmas. I mean, I know it's not really a Christmas conversation, but it is. Well, just saying because we're talking about starting the New Testament, and that's when Jesus arrives. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, Christmas is yes, when Jesus arrives. So Merry Christmas for all those who like to <laughs> listen to Christmas Have music Christmas and- <laughs> in September. <laughs> just kidding, but, but yeah, it's really just uh, amazing. You know, I was thinking about it as you know, knowing that we were going to get into the Gospels, and there's this silent years, and it's those moments that God had sent you know, all the prophets over and over to warn the people, which is just shows a lot of grace and mercy. Like, you mm-hmm. know, why he didn't just wipe those people, you know, away and just say, I've done it, I've had it with these people. But he didn't. He was just consistently merciful and gracious. And he's also faithful to his promise. Well, the silent years where he was like, there's no more prophets. Because, right? That's yeah. right. There's no more words. Because there was God. prophet now, after prophet are, after prophet. And then... Mm-hmm. Who was the last? And then God goes silent. I know. Malachi. But was he like the actually the last prophet, though? 
Well, based on the chronological uh, Bible, I, I really do think it is uh, Malachi. But you have to get back on that. We'll yeah, well, because yeah, I just I just th- I had that thought where because I, I know the the Bible isn't written chronologically, so I know Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. But yeah, the canon is not written right. Chronologically. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. And uh, yes, but I do believe that Malachi is the last uh, prophet, and you know, of course, the prophet is you know going to speak truth. He's actually saying to the people, trying to warn the people you know, to turn to God. And, you know, of course, they disobey God because that's what we do. We tend to just want to go, you know, when everything's going great, you know, we are all for God, yay, God. And then when everything goes bad, we kind of go away from God. And I think that, you know, with the Old Testament ending, there had been several uh, nations, several people that had taken the Israelites into captivity. And now when we open up in Matthew they're under the rule of Rome. But, you know, I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about those silent years because as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about what do you do when God is silent? I mean, you're living, that's my life. <laughs> God is silent and cares high. Well, okay, I just mean, in prayer. yeah, I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but... um yeah, so he was silent for what four hundred years? Is that right? Four hundred. I mean, years. they didn't know how long he was. They just knew, okay, no, no prophets, no word of, from the Lord. And this is this no is, new word, no new word, right? And this is obviously before the Holy Spirit. So, and they did have all the you know the prophets and what they said. They I mean, right, they, well, it's like a, they didn't have amnesia. They right. knew, you know, and creation. You know, creation right. is a way of. Uh, reminding us that there's a God and there's, you know, um, a God and we're not yet and powerful. And creation has a way of really declaring His glory, as Scripture says. And But they did have the words of the prophets of the past that they ignored, mm-hmm. but no new revelation until all of a sudden, I mean, you know, when God wants to speak, I guess He's going to speak. The heavens, angels, you know. Uh, show up. Declare, yeah. and And here is a huge announcement that the Messiah has mm-hmm. come. So to answer your question, to go back to that of what to do when you feel like God is because I do think this is very different where I personally believe, and I think you do too, but that God, there are times when God is silent, but I also think that he is, speaks through the silence in our lives, mm-hmm. like currently, like today. And I don't think that because we do have the Holy Spirit, so I don't think it's very different, you know, like with the silence that they had in those 400 years between the Old Testament and when Jesus arrived, that was a very different situation than how we would experience God in silence. Because I believe even if God is silent, it's always intentional, which is what I mean by I think He speaks through the silence. But I just... And maybe he is silent about, like, you don't have an answer yet, but Mm -hmm. he might be, and I'm more speaking to myself in this, where I feel like I don't have answers about things, but I feel like I still hear him, you know, telling me, like, just whispering to my heart, you know, that that he Mm -hmm. is a good God. Like, I can trust his love for me, you know, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like... Yeah, he is silent on some things, but he's also not silent because he's still speaking to my heart. Well, that's right, and he speaks through the Holy Spirit, 
that lives inside of you. He speaks through His Word. We have the Bible. Back then, they didn't have the Bible. They had scrolls. They had the different writings of, of the prophets that they could go to. You're right that in the fact that sometimes we think God is silent. But I really believe that God is never really truly silent mm, right. like it is in I think God is always talking. Well, and that's what I was basically getting at. Is. And I think, yeah. And I think He's talking through circumstances. I think even difficult cir- circumstances. I think heartache. I think disappointment. I think struggles. God is definitely going to speak through those things. Matter of fact, I believe He speaks louder in that. I, and He may not be with words, but it might be just with peace and overwhelming peace or, a, you know, an assurance that He's never left you or or he's still there. I think that when we say God is silent, usually means God has not answered our prayers yet Mm -hmm. or there's something that we're asking God to do and he's yet to be doing it. Now, and I think you agree with this, and I think we've talked about this so many times, that just because we don't see the answer to the prayer at this very moment doesn't mean God's not working. Yeah, which I think is one of the hardest things for me to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's in some ways the ultimate act of trust. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, to trust that He is doing something that you can't see is is so, so hard. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, and, and it, it really struggles with your faith, doesn't it? Like, it really is like, Oh, like God, battles my faith. Really, really, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where like it. I don't. It almost feels like like to even say it's hard. I mean, like that. It, I feel like there's a. It's more than that. It's like more than it's just. Oh, that's just hard to do. You know, like I did a hard workout yesterday, but <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. So I don't even know what the word is, but it, I do think it's one of the most difficult things to hold on, even in the well, midst. I think of it's silent. different than having a hard workout, even though. No, I'm saying like, I feel like the word hard is a, it's not the right word. I feel, I don't know what the right word is because I think it is, it, because of how difficult it is to trust God that he is working Mm -hmm. when you can't see anything or, or that he even is like, that he cares or is involved when you can't see his hand or, you know, Mm -hmm. see what's going on like that. It's, it's more difficult. It's difficult. I don't even know how to say it. It's so difficult. Yeah, I think it's hard to hold on. Yeah. I think it's hard to hold on to faith. I think it's hard to hold on to hope. I think it's hard to not question ourselves and think, is God really real? Is He listening to me? Does He really care? You know, when you feel like God is silent, but just because God is silent doesn't mean He's not moving forward mm-hmm. or fulfilling His purposes. Now, remember this, 400 years have passed now, you know, the United States has only been around 200 and something. Yeah, I really so, can't wrap my mind around it. No. 400 years. And way, and way before then, God had promised the Messiah. So, you know, I mean, we give the Israelites a hard time, but, you know, they're sitting there waiting. I mean, some Jewish people are waiting on the Messiah today. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and so I think that's hard to keep trusting. I mean, I, I know I like kind of joked at the beginning about it being like, Christmas, but Advent, the Advent season is one of my favorite seasons because of that, because of what mm-hmm. that represents. And I always, one of the, one of the many reasons why I love mm-hmm. reading through the Bible, like we have talked about 10,000 times this year, but one of the many reasons why I love reading through the Bible like we do throughout the year is 
there's a lot of good to see in, like you said, the grace of God and with all the prophets. But when you're like reading through all of the like major prophets, the minor prophets, like all of those books over and over again, I mean, because it takes about a month or two to go through all of them mm-hmm. in terms of our reading plan. And I, every single year, I'm like, for the love, I am so, it's just like so much, like I'm just ready for a savior <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're just reading about, you know, I hate to say it, but like doom and what's to come because of the disobedience, you know, all that. And, but it it always though puts in as much as I can, puts in perspective of like, literally every time we get to Matthew 1, mm-hmm. it's like this, like, oh yes, we've, we're here. Like the, like this excitement, mm-hmm. this like breath of fresh air, this like, I've been ready and waiting for this because I have been reading, you know, the prophet's. Well, I I think that the hard thing about the prophets, Kara, and you and I, you know, reading through it, watching someone on the sideline going up and down with her faith, uh, walking away from God, walking toward God, running from God, running to God, and and it's like you step in their sandals a little bit and you see these Israelites and these people. It's too close to home. It's too close to an awareness of how we as believers and followers of Jesus, one minute we're just so excited and we feel His presence, and the next minute we wonder, where in the world is He? And you just kind of hold on to the truth that He says He's never leave you or forsake you, but you don't feel Him. You don't. You try to have your Bible time. You have your prayer time. You feel so distanced from Him. And I think that the Israelites, we see this over and over and over again, and it gets discouraging, but it also hits home. And it makes us realize that this journey, this spiritual journey, is just so, you know, it's unpredictable. Yeah. Well, and you're reading about the consequences over and over again. <laughs> so, Which we don't like to hear. Yeah, exactly. Know about. So, yeah. but I mean, all it to say is it does, like every, I just am like, okay, I need some good news to read about. Mm-hmm. And, and I do, I mean, the gospels, that literally means the good news. So I, it, mm-hmm. I always get excited when we get into the New Testament and going back to the Adv- Advent season, I mean, I know we we read it before Advent, but then when Advent comes around December, mm-hmm. just remembering that, remembering that, like, like I was saying, like I, we can't fully understand just how silent it was, like to not because we mm-hmm. have the Holy Spirit, like that it really and we had was the Bible, mm-hmm. yeah, like it really was a dark four hundred years, and for him to burst on the scene like that, it just. It's like the hope that I need to remember throughout the year that even when it seems like God's not doing anything, He can burst on the scene mm-hmm. and change ever at change anything mm-hmm. and like that mm-hmm. and and the perfect timing of it all. Like that's the other thing that really gets me about it all too is all of the pieces that had to come into place together. Like yeah, mm-hmm. in in just history, not even like mm-hmm. with Mary and Joseph being in Bethlehem, but yeah, like. Who is reigning? Who, you know, who's Herod? Who is well? Even the fact that the uh, execution was by cro- by the cross. Right. You know, people weren't always you know executed through a cross. So in Isaiah, when he talks about you know he bore our sins and he, you know on the cross, that time there wasn't such a thing as a cross, and so mm-hmm. the Romans, you know, um, did execute people by the cross. I think it was a little bit before the Romans, but. He came at the right time, and I think that that's what is so amazing when you read. We start reading in the New Testament, and you'll say, "At the right time, 
mm-hmm. at the right time. Hebrew mm-hmm. says, and at, and at the right time, Jesus came. And I think that, you know, when I think about starting into, you know, into the New Testament, I think, oh, this is beginning to make sense because the Messiah is coming and he's come. And I think one of the things that gives me hope is that God said he was going to. Yeah. And he did. And I think we forget that. I think that we forget that God, no matter what we do, no matter how often we turn our backs on God, no matter if we reject him or if we say we don't have anything to do with him, which we've seen the Israelites and you know the prophets warn the people over and over again, no matter what their behavior was, no matter what they did, God said, I'm coming back. I am going to redeem my children. And he did it. And I think that that's comforting to me. They did not know when. They did not know how, even though we do have some hints in Isaiah and even in in Jeremiah a little bit. But, you know, it's just some of those things. I I think for me, it's like, God, you are faithful. You're going to do what you say you're going to do. And it's not dependent upon my faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of gives me hope a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like everything that you want in a relationship. Like, mm-hmm. you know, to fully be able to trust that someone's going to do what they say they're going to do or to right. fully believe that someone really cares about you to the degree to where they will selflessly Mm-hmm. do whatever, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's that. It's how it's so hard for us to, I mean, even with the best of relationships, you know, we at our best, mm-hmm. we don't always full go through yeah. with everything we say. I mean, I know I don't. I wish even I did. Even if you want to. Yeah, yeah. At the, with the best of intentions. And I think that's like, like he, anyway, when you're just saying that, I was like, he is everything that we could ever want in a relationship within, mm-hmm. whether that's a parental relationship or friendship, romantic, whatever, but just in a relationship with another being, it's almost like you can't wrap your mind around it because we know no other love like that. Perfect. No, no. And there's no, there's no love like that. I mean, I love you and I can't imagine that you could do anything that would keep me from loving you, but I know that I'm not God. And I know that I'm capable of anything at any time. And I think that it's hard to wrap our mind when we are in a world where it's all about your performance. I like you if you do well. I praise you if you do well. And I'm going to say bad things about you if you do bad. Or I'm going to accuse you of a bad motive or a bad attitude. And and it's just like God knows our heart and God loves us anyway. Even when we have bad attitudes, even if we've acted ugly or even if we you know, not trusted him. God continues to pursue, 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 which is what the entire Bible is about, mm-hmm. is God pursuing us. And I think that for me, Kara, is just as we start into the New Testament, of just being able to say, God, you came and you said you would. And I think that's why it was so hard on the disciples. And it was so hard. I mean, the Pharisees knew the law. He, They knew the scripture. They knew the Messiah was supposed right. to come. They knew every prom, to, every prof, yes, prophetic. Yeah. yeah. But they but they just, they missed him. And I think that 
God just doesn't always perform or come in the way that he thinks. They were looking for the the Jesus in Revelation, not the Jesus of the gospel, uh, the servant heart. You know, uh, Matthew uh, writes about Jesus as being the king. Mark writes about Jesus being the servant. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jewish people just could not handle. They wanted God to get them out from underneath the hand of Rome, mm-hmm. and they just could not handle that Jesus was not going to overthrow Rome. Right. And so anyway, that's another yeah. whole sermon. But I think it's when those moments that God is silent, He's still listening, He's still watching, and He's still working. Yeah. And well, and I think he's too, working all things out. You know, in all, in all reality, sometimes the answer, I mean, the answer is it's not today or not in this moment mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. So, I mean, if you're praying for healing, like the answer could be, well, I'm not going to heal you today or, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that is. Or I'm going to heal you sp- spiritually. I'm not going to heal you physically. Right. It's like, but not. Yeah. And that's what is so hard is not having. It's just constantly keeping, I think that is in part of why the Pharisees missed, I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons why the Pharisees missed them, but in part is they weren't really looking for them. They were looking mm-hmm. for their version of him, you know, like right. the, they whatever they had in their head of um, how mm-hmm. he would come and and, what, and whatnot. But I think that's the biggest struggle I have is not creating God in my own image. I'm created in His image, but I find myself creating God in my image, like how I would think or how I would feel, or I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't feel that way. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't be silent. I'd be, st- you know, I'd step in and change the whole situation. And I think that's one of the things that's really hard is often we put God in that category, like God, I'm molding you into how I think you ought to be, and I think that's why the Pharisees and so many people still today miss Jesus and and don't see that he came because they've created him in their mind and what in what they as one of the things we'll talk about when we get into John about how he told the woman at the well, you know, if you believe that I am the one, the Messiah, as the scripture says I am, and not, you know, it's not as, you know, what you think. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, one of the things and it goes along with what you were saying, but at the beginning in Matthew two, at the beginning of Matthew two, when the wise men are looking and going to Jesus and looking for him, and they end up in Jerusalem, they're following mm-hmm. the star, and they end up in Jerusalem and not Bethlehem. And mm-hmm. I remember listening to a sermon. I know I've told you you this before, but I'll share it with everyone else. But that was one of the most powerful things that I saw in the whole Christmas story, we'll just call it that, Mm -hmm. um, of just the fact that the wise men thought that they were going, they thought they were going in the right direction. They thought they were going to the right place. And they actually ended up in the wrong place because they ended up in Jerusalem and not in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And it looked like they're, like, I I don't know if they felt this, but kind of like, wait, we were following the star to go see the Savior being Mm -hmm. born. And now we're not in the right city. <laughs> like you're, we're, we've traveled all this way. But in all reality, that's exactly where it got one of them because that is obviously what spearheaded Herod, Herod you know, mm-hmm. you know, that it fulfilled prophecy that it needed to be mm-hmm. done. So on the outside, it looked like, hey, we, God, we thought we were following you. 
but we ended up in this place that's not what we thought we were we would be. Mm-hmm. And God's like, actually, that's exactly where I wanted you to be. Like mm-hmm. it, it may look like, and for me, it it was a huge. I like remember that all the time. Of one, even if it seems like you're in the wrong place, God can either use it. Like whether you are you. Whether you're you are in the wrong place or not, God can always use or who it. determines what's the wrong right. place. Right. It's like you don't know, yeah, what God may have for you there. And anyway, it was just like one of that was like one of my one of the big things in Matthew and just with the whole story of just those details of and just seeing like even the people in the story, they thought they were going to the right place mm-hmm. and it seemed like it was wrong, but and it was wrong. I mean, that was the reality yeah. of like, yeah, they were in the wrong city. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it wasn't wrong in terms of what God wanted to do within the story and the bigger picture and mm-hmm. and all of that. And they eventually did get to Jesus in Bethlehem. It took a lot longer than they thought it would. They had to go, you know, a roundabout way. But, well, you know, I think that the point of what you're saying is they got to Jesus. And, you know, I think we have a hard time with the journey. Yeah, it's like no matter what it seems like. Yeah, it yeah. feels like it's wrong. It's feel like, have I been around this wilderness 40, for 40 years? I mean, am I still in this situation? And, you know, I think, you well, know. Well, it's like, yeah, did I do something you wrong? You look at the life of did Joseph. I? Yeah, you look yeah. at the life of Joseph. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. And, and you know, you can go to the wrong places. Mm-hmm. You can make some of the wrong choices. Right. I think that probably the uh, greatest lessons, biblical lessons and the thing that has strengthened my faith the most has been when, and I'm not applauding sin, but when I went my own way and God rescued me and brought me back, it's, you know, when I make mm-hmm. mistakes and, and God shows me the, the truth. I mean, how do you know the truth? You don't know about a lie. Yeah. Well, and even the the season of when this, that, seeing that really hit me was I was wrestling with feeling like I did something to still be in my 30s and single. Like, mm-hmm. should I not, you know, this or that? Should I done, not done that move or date that person? Or, you know, and I thought I was doing, you know, like I was prayerful through the whole process, you know, that whole thing. And that God showed me like, no, like you are where you are because I want you there. Not because it's, he's not up in heaven being like, dang it. I thought I really wanted you to be married by now, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, you messed up my plan. Like, and I say that because my heart was wanting what God wants, and so mm-hmm. you know this is this is where God wants me because. And I'm not talking about you know my college years when I was not, but I still think God used that. And if God wanted me, like basically, like it's not. God is writing a story that I don't know, just like God was writing a story from Old Testament to New Testament that I don't fully know or understand. And as long as I keep my eye and keep my heart toward pointed toward Him, like He's going to lead. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the whole point. I think God is more concerned about your relationship with Him and for you to know the truth about who He is and who the truth about who you are and to walk you know, with him and to experience him. I think he's more interested in that in your heart and wanting to trust him than he is when you're going in a different direction that you thought you would be going to. I think God is more interested in that. Well, and I think it's not different. It's 
it's exactly where he wants. It's just like he wanted mm-hmm. the wise men in Jerusalem. He didn't want them in Bethlehem at that time because he had a bigger purpose of them being, it was to fulfill a prophecy and to fulfill a bigger story and a bigger plan of the wise men being in Jerusalem instead mm-hmm. of, you know, they ended, they eventually got to Bethlehem. But so that's the, yeah, it's, it's just the and whole. Jesus was two years yeah, old. Yeah, it wasn't a plan B. It was like, no, this was the mm-hmm. plan all along though was for you to end up in Jerusalem, even though you thought mm-hmm. that you would be in Bethlehem by now. This was this was the plan from the beginning. And I think the bottom line, Kara, is what you're saying, is you're just going to have to trust God. Trust God with the process. You know, uh, here we are, you know, we're talking about there's these silent years, and God does speak through those silent years. And I think what you're saying is God even speaks through situations and circumstances and choices that you might think, there's no way this is of God because it's led me to a certain place. And I think the bottom line is like, just trust God on this, that God is bigger and he's got a big plan. You know, one of the things, and I know we got to go and we got to stop this conversation, but I will say this, you know, what I really see about God preparing for us, even before we get to where we're going He's already preparing the way, even though he, we don't even know where we're actually going. Mm-hmm. So we certainly don't know the journey. I think about at the very beginning creation. Did you know God created water before he created fish? Yeah. He created water before he created the birds. You so mean, I, the I just air. feel like, <laughs> yeah, the air, well, the birds are there. Uh, but yeah, I just think, you know, if he had, he could have, he said, well, I'm going to, I just think we should, you know, make fish. And create fish. And then they're like, well, oh, I wasn't thinking. What are we, we going to do with these fish? They need water. He, he's not that. He's always ahead. He mm-hmm. always has a plan. He always has a purpose. And I think, like, with us, we get to a certain place where we get make some choices, and you're like, now what are we going to do? And I just think that just makes God so much more real and personal and bigger and worthy to be trusted because we can say, you know, just kind of like Joseph said, sometimes they meant it for evil. Sometimes it wasn't the right choice. Sometimes it wasn't the right journey that I wanted to go. You might have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Meaning, I am here. And I was thinking about this today. If Joseph had not gone to Egypt, he would have died with his brothers and his family because they would not have had food. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other people. So it wasn't just about Joseph. But it was about a lot of other things. And I think that when we're waiting on God to do something, maybe God is working in someone else's life as He's also working in your life. Maybe He's preparing the place where He wants you to go or the place that He wants you to be. Well, yeah, and not for, and not forgetting that He can show up on the scene at any moment. And He's still, I think, I believe moment. He's on the scene. But mm-hmm. I just mean He can change it. In a, in a, for you to see it. Yeah, for you to in the minute. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, a play where they open the curtains and you see what's behind that. It's like he, they've been setting the stage this whole time. Mm-hmm. You didn't see it because the curtains were drawn. And so, and it's just like, it just takes us a moment for God to open the curtain and to show you what, what he's been working on and what he's been building. Kara, yeah. where is that mountain that you love so much and you have to hit it at the right time? Is it in Alaska? Like it, the clouds, like if you don't hit or go there at a certain time. Oh, you, uh, it's in Canada. Canada. Mm-hmm. And you love that. 
Mm-hmm. But if you don't hit it at the right time or whatever, you don't see the mountain. Right. But it's still there. Mm-hmm. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And, you know, and just because you may not see what God is doing doesn't mean he's not working. And maybe if you don't hear him talking and you feel like he's silent, doesn't mean he's not speaking. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bowen.